The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which goal? with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football. It's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake from. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Week eight is in the books. Georgia was on their bye week. We are headed towards the second half of the season. Next week is Halloween. Jake, next week is the first official college football playoff ranking. Soon enough, this thing's really going to come into focus, and we'll see who are the contenders, who are the pretenders. But it starts this coming weekend. we got some good matchups. How are you, my man? Hey, man, doing great. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the co- the college football playoff um, what they put a lot of meat on, like what what do they like, uh, strict the schedule wise, who who are they liking? Because uh, there's a lot of good football teams out there, and I think it's anybody's shot to go and make a run at this thing. Great weekend for college football, even though the dogs weren't playing a plethora of great football games. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of SEC action that we'll touch on, some crazy finishes and happenings around the country. We will get to that as well. First things first, I want to let you know that this episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Family-owned and operated since 1982, Solomon Brothers has the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. They have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. They also have an unbelievable watch selection you just closed a big deal or you want to treat yourself with the holiday season coming up or get your significant other to treat you guys, you know, you can, you can stick up for yourself every now and then. I know we always have to get the ladies a nice piece of jewelry and you always go to Solomon Brothers for that. But flip this thing on its head. Tell your lady friend, tell your girl, tell your partner, whoever it is. Head on over to Solomon Brothers. Check out that watch selection. Daddy needs a new timepiece. Solomon Brothers is the store for anyone with any budget. If you head on in and you mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Two awesome locations. One in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other, 17th floor tower place in Buckhead. Check them out on Instagram and Twitter at Solomon Brothers. 
SolomonBrothers.com. All right, so Georgia did not play this past weekend. However, they do still remain number one in the AP poll. Jake, the dogs are atop the polls for the 19th consecutive week. They also open up against Florida this weekend, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia, Florida, in Jacksonville. The dogs are 14-and-a-half-point favorites. Anything surprising there? Florida, of course, coming off a bye week as well. They seem to be playing some pretty good football down in Gainesville. All bets are off when you head down to Jacksonville. Yeah, man, it's a big rivalry game. Uh, I know that I always look forward to playing in this football game. It meant a lot to me just going down there and whipping up on those guys. It's, yeah. it's basically a home game for them. Uh, and then so whenever you can go to their place and whip up on them, man, it's always always a good time and always fun. But um, I just – I would not sleep on Florida, man. I, I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to be swinging Nothing hard. to lose. I think they're going to connect on a few punches. Um, and I think it just – it all depends on what kind of plan that they have, what their coaches cook and scheme up, and then how good Graham Mertz plays at quarterback. Um, he's had some really, really good showings, uh, some really good games. So if uh, if Georgia's secondary has a hard time kind of containing him, uh, I think they could be in for a long, long day and a long night. A lot similar to um, how uh, Dan Mullen and uh, Kyle Trask kind of got after him a little bit. Wow. Um, in 2020, I mean that just I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying that it's going to be a game like that by any means, but that to me is the way Florida wins is playing similar to, to how they did in 2020. Yeah. Spread things out. It's pretty clear by now. If you want to attack Georgia, get on the perimeter of their defense, get your playmakers, the ball in space, see if they make a mistake and you could potentially find a lot of chunk explosive plays. I saw a fascinating tweet thread from at doctor underscore J will. That's Jonathan Williams, a writer for dogs, daily fan nation. I think fan sided fan nation, a sports illustrated channel. And he put up a ton of stats about Georgia and Florida. And of course, we're going to break down this game way more on Thursday's episode of Punt and Pass, but one that really jumped out to me. Florida rakes 109th in the country in third down conversion rate. Only Mississippi State and Auburn rank lower than the Gators in the SEC. And on the flip side, Georgia's defense ranks first in the country on third down, with opponents only converting 23.6% of the time that right there could be the story of the game. If Georgia does not allow Florida to sustain drives, if Florida gets in trouble on third down, if Georgia's defense gets off the field, and then of course, Hey, this is Carson Beck's first time with op Brock Bowers on the field. Carson, a little homecoming game. He's from Jacksonville. I'm just going to tell you right now. That makes me worried a little bit. A lot of extracurriculars. When you go down there, you're from Jacksonville, your friends, your family, you know all about this rivalry. Without Brock, I'm just saying it makes me a little bit worried that from a mental standpoint, there might be a lot going on upstairs. I think Georgia just needs to run the ball, set the line of scrimmage, get after it. Kirby's going to have those boys ready for a 60-minute fight. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. If I'm Carson right now, um, it's something that's said in our building all the time, whatever it is, whatever the distraction is, um, you know, family tickets, who's coming to the game. I don't know, you know, what, what, you know, who's coming afterwards, what are we doing? Whatever it is, don't let it get in the way, man. It's, yeah, it's just, like it's, just all, it's just all about um, having a good week of practice, understanding, knowing the plan and 
man, how, how are we going to convert on third down and stay on the field without Brock Bowers? I know, I know. Hopefully Ladd gets healthy as well, dealing with the nagging back. He, of course, set out the second half of that Vanderbilt game. But look, coming off a of bye, and Florida's coming off a of bye as well. Probably the healthiest George is going to be, assumingly, for the rest of the season. And don't look now, but the next four games, Florida right now is ranked actually 26th. They are the first team out of the AP Top 25 poll. Then you've got Missouri, who's ranked, I believe, 16th. Then you've got Ole Miss, who's ranked 13th. You got Tennessee, who's ranked 21st. So this is it. Dogs got to get ready to go. The bye week seemed to have come at a great time. You mentioned something that's always said in your building. Don't let it become a distraction. You also always talk about how Sam Howell loves to discuss his UNC Tar Heels. Dude. Man, they lost to Virginia at home. 31 to 27. So UNC undefeated, no more. They take a big L against the Virginia Cavaliers. And in the ACC, Florida State took down Duke 38 to 20. So it looks like Florida State has the serious inside track to win the ACC championship. Yeah, no, they they definitely do. Um I uh, I I can't believe this happened. I, I know Sam was uh, devastated. I know we were kind of halfway watching this game in between meeting times on uh, Saturday night before our game. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, I I can't believe Virginia pulled it out, especially on the road uh, at UNC. Uh, I, you know, I kind of feel for UNC a little bit because they they kind of had you know you went out, you give yourself a chance uh, to go on and 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 make a little headway into the college football playoff, but it's going to be very very difficult for them uh, to achieve their goal. Uh, like this, you know, maybe they're gonna have to win out, beat Florida State in the ACC championship. It's gonna be a tough, tough road ahead for those guys. Definitely gonna be tough. We discussed it on last week's podcast. Their schedule was absolute cake heading into the ACC championship game. You thought, hey, the Duke game, if Riley Leonard's healthy, that could be a tough one for the Tar Heels. But losing to Virginia at home, that is a bad, bad loss for Mac Brown, Drake May, Tez Walker. And those UNC Tar Heels. So their only hope now is running the table, beating Florida State in the ACC championship game, and then hoping for carnage elsewhere. But you know what, man? Florida State, they look good. Take care of business in a big way against Duke. Yeah, I know Riley Leonard got banged up again in that game, but they've got some dudes at wide receiver. Jordan Travis, I feel like, is severely under the radar. Trey Benson's a great running back, and they're physical on the defensive line. I think Florida State's got a great chance to make it to the college football playoff. If they run the table in the ACC and win out, I think they're in, regardless of what else happens. I have a hard time having somebody convince me that if undefeated and ACC champs, Florida State doesn't deserve to get into the top four. I I watched the end of that game, uh, the Florida State-Duke game, and yes, Riley Leonard got hurt, and so Duke kind of lost a little bit of their their mojo late in the game, but man – Dude, Florida State was fighting, man. Yeah. And, and they they got dudes to throw the ball to, like you said. Um, Jordan Travis is out there making plays, whether with his arm or whether it was is his legs. Um, he uh, we talked about, you know, we talked about third down earlier on the episode, man. They just found a way to just keep moving the chains and fight and fight late in that game and, and end up running away uh with that game late in the game. So I, I think they're a good football team and you can't let a team like that hang around. No, um, because they'll, they'll beat you. Cause they, they got the dudes to do it. Totally agree. All right, let's go out to the West coast a little bit. First off, it was announced yesterday, college game day, heading to Salt Lake city to cover the Oregon at Utah game this week. And I think that's the only top 15 matchup 
of week nine coming up. So Utah getting a little love and why? Well, because they beat USC this past weekend. That's right. Utah knocks off Southern Cal. Southern Cal, second straight loss. No USC players, Jake, were made available to the media after their loss. And now it's being reported or talked about or discussed from a lot of talking heads around the college football media scene. Will defending Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams, who was projected to be the number one overall draft pick, just hang him up for the rest of the season and sit out and say, thanks, guys. But now that we've lost two in a row, I'm out of here. Good luck. I'm heading to the NFL. Yeah, that uh, that'd be very crazy and interesting to see, in my opinion. Uh, a bowl game is is one thing to me. This is a whole different beast. Yeah, um, can't say it's any anything that that I've ever considered or thought about. Um, but uh, I don't know. They they do different stuff out there on the West Coast. I don't I don't know. Uh, with USC, it's going to be very tough for them to to give themselves a chance to to fight their way into the college football playoff, especially with the way everything else is developing in the landscape of of these really good football teams and probably only having one loss going into it. Um, I thought that was very weird. Uh, weird's the only word I can come up with about not having the players uh, available for media. Yeah, it says USC uh, declined to make any players available after its loss to Utah. Only Lincoln Riley spoke with reporters after the game. That's just bizarre. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's different. Um, not really something I, I've ever heard of either. Uh, obviously, they didn't want to win. They didn't want to lose this game. I, I mean, at home again to Utah. Utah has their number. And then, dude, Utah keeps playing and fighting without their starting quarterback. I know. And not, yeah. and I mean, I mean, these, and, the, and the guy, I mean, they're playing good. Bryson Barnes, I mean, threw for over two hundred yards with three touchdowns. Uh, he's playing, playing good ball, uh, and just beat the the former Heisman Trophy winner. It's really unbelievable. And what would it take? I know the NFL is a bottom line business. I know the NFL is only about winning football games. Your character as a person really is overlooked if you're that good of a football player. When watching Caleb Williams, yeah, he's talented. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. Is he a surefire, bona fide, all-star, all-pro at the next level? I don't know. And I'm not willing to sit there and say, this guy is a can't-miss pick. Will he probably be the number one overall pick? Yes. If he were to quit, let me rephrase that, quit on his team in the middle of the season because there's nothing left to play for and he needs to get ready for the NFL. I'm doing air quotes if you're watching on YouTube. He goes down a few notches in my book. This is way different than sitting out a bowl game. This is quitting on your team. When you came back, I guess he might have had to come back last year because he wasn't three years removed from high school. When you came back, you made a commitment to your team. Play football. Football players play football. I understand Mm -hmm. the quote-unquote business decision, but if it were a business decision, I'm doing the air quotes again if you're watching on YouTube, you shouldn't even have played at all this year. If you're that good, just sit out the entire season. Talked about this podcast seasons in the past. Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase, two rookies of the year, both sat out their last season. It was the COVID years. They go, nope, we're done. We're not playing. And you know what? 
to that, I actually respect it because they said, I'm not playing at all. I'm not going to half-ass it and go play six games, and if we lose some, I'm out. They said, I have enough trust in my capability. I'm going to sit out the entire season, get ready for the NFL, and go play. Those guys made, quote-unquote, business decisions, and then they became offensive and defensive rookie of the year. To quit midway through the season is a totally different animal. I would have to think some personnel staffs in the NFL would look at it a little sideways, and I'll just top it off with this one more time. I am not completely sold on Caleb Williams being the guy in the NFL. I'm sorry. I've watched him enough, and you know what? Playing quarterback in the NFL is pretty damn tough. It is It is tough, man. It is a lot about uh, situation, timing, uh, getting the right opportunities. Dude, I, I'm glad you said what you said um, because I, I think you're on point, 100% uh, right on. I do. I, I personally do think it's, it's quitting, um, and I just I don't think it's a great look. And I think guys up here at the next level would uh, would question it a little bit. Um, but if he's not one, he's still he's still number two. Yeah, I mean, look, yes, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and, and your situation is a little bit different than mine, but I would do anything to go back and play college football again. Oh, like yeah. giving that up. Every passing day, you look back and you go, damn, those were the glory days. That was the best. Like, that was the best. So to just poo-poo that, yeah, it rubs me the wrong way. I'll be the old man, get off my lawn, yell at the clouds type, crusty guy. But it rubs me the wrong way. Enjoy what you have right now because there's no guarantees once you're done in college. So – who knows what's going on at USC? Lincoln Riley, you got to figure it out. You've got to figure it out. Okay, I want to touch on two things that happened elsewhere. Talk to me. The University of Iowa. Mm. The ending of this football game was an unmitigated disaster on behalf of the officials. Yeah, the referees. Now, if you've been a longtime punt and pass listener, you know that I do not go lightly on officiating crews. However, the ending to this game, Minnesota's up 12 to 10. There's a minute 40 left. Minnesota is punting the football out of deep in their own territory. And it's a bad punt, short punt, wobbly punt. Iowa's return man, Jake, runs up and he is crossing his arms down below his waist, signaling what? A Peter call, a poison call. Get away from it. This is a bad punt. Telling his guys in coverage, in return coverage, Get away, heads up, watch out. This ball is about to get on the ground. Well, as he's going towards the ball, and again, one hand pointing out towards the ball, the other hand down below by his waist, the ball bounces very favorably towards him. He picks it up, makes a crazy good move down the sideline, returns the punt for a touchdown with a minute 15 left. Iowa's up 17 to 12. What an unbelievable game, but wait a minute. The referee says the signal that he made with his hands was an invalid fair catch and that when he touched the ball, it was a dead ball and the play was over. An invalid fair catch. Let me just tell you right now, from high school up until professional football, you are taught that a fair catch is taking one of your hands, waving it over your head two times. That's what a universal fair catch signal is. You got to go back 
and fourth. That counts as two times, and that's the fair catch. When you run up and call Peter, yes, you put your hands down below by your waist. You're screaming, get away from it, poison Peter, Peter, poison. Referee says invalid fair catch. Touchdown is negated. Iowa loses the football game. I I could not believe what I had seen. Jake, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, absolutely brutal to be a part of the Iowa football team and obviously a fan too. Um, I mean, you wish you would score a little bit more points on offense. (laughs) Yes, that goes without saying, correct. So so you're not in that situation, but uh, absolutely brutal uh, in brutal fashion to lose that game. Um, Because you've been a part of games too where you felt like, Hey, I, I we were in a position to win that game, but felt like we lost it due to officiating. Um, ultimately, you never want to to leave the opportunity up into the refs' hands. Yes, uh, like that's you just you strive to to get out of that window of hey, I don't know the ref can make a judgment call, and we just we want to get past that and dominate so well that it's not an issue, but. Sometimes, man, the margins are close, and it's a tight football game, and it comes down to the wire, and you just wish the officiating at times was a little bit better. Now, Brandon Wood, a former Georgia defensive lineman who's now an official. He is a football official. I forget what conference he's in. He might be in the ACC. (laughs) He heard me on Atlanta radio this morning giving a colorful description of what happened with these referees essentially stealing a victory from Iowa. And he was laughing and he sent me the actual descriptions of the rules. And he said, we don't write the rules. We just have to enforce them. Now, the problem might be the actual description of the rule of what an invalid signal is. I don't want to bore you with it, but it says right here, examples of invalid signals include a limp wave, partially extending and waving one hand in front of the face or chest, or fully extending and laterally waving both. I'm not going to get into that. Jake, you brought up the best point. Do not leave it into the officials' hands to decide the outcome of a game. I've just never seen a Peter call be designated as an invalid signal, thus making the ball a dead ball. Not a penalty. It's just a dead ball as soon as it's recovered. It was tragic. The public thought it was surely a touchdown. The officials, I guess, by the rule book, enforced what they know, and uh, it was crazy. Iowa loses that game. They have a great chance still to go to the Big Ten title game and play either Michigan or Ohio State, you would think. Absolutely wild. So wild, man. Can't believe it. Ohio State beat Penn State 20-12. to James Franklin is now 1-9 against Ohio State. One in 12 against top 25 teams on the road. And I believe when he has played Michigan or Ohio State, when they are ranked in the top 10, he's like one and 14 or something crazy like that. Not a good trend. If you're James Franklin trying to hold on to your job at Penn State, he's in his 10th year. They have yeah. great teams. They just can't get over the hump and beat top 10 teams, which you need to do if you want to make a college football playoff. Yeah, man, you have to win the big one. At some point, you got to win a football game you're not supposed to win. Uh, I thought this was a great opportunity for them to go and beat these guys. I, I don't think Ohio State is 
is overwhelming. Uh, they played really, really good defense, uh, and they got some great receivers. Uh, but not all the time, it's it's super easy getting the ball to them. Um, but uh, man, Penn State was just flat on offense. I, oh, I watched the beginning. Drew of the Aller, man, Couldn't. I thought he'd be way better than that at quarterback. They uh, they just could not get anything going, and it was it was brutal. It was tough to watch. I mean, I guess you have to give a little bit of credit to Ohio State's defense. Yeah, their defense I mean, looks they, good. They, you know, looks good, plays well. Um, you know, Notre Dame had a tough time scoring on them and everything, but uh, we got to we got to do better than uh, than that. I mean, quite frankly, I, I yeah, know you're on gotta, the road. Yeah, got to do it. But we we, we got to be better. Um, you know, I, I never, as a quarterback, like 20 points should, shouldn't should beat me. 100%. Not in college football. No, not, Absolutely. not in college So, got to find a way to to move the chains and, and get it going. But uh, I think uh, James Franklin and the uh, Penn State and the Alliance, they, they got to find a way to win a big one. Got to find a way to win a big one. Um, and if you're going for the big one in your life, in your personal life, and you're going to do that proposal, if you're going to mm. shoot for that engagement, uh, if you need to get the holidays right this season, you know where to find the big one. It's at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Check them out. they got two awesome locations. One's in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. they got the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and these in-store experiences are totally unmatched. Head there with your significant other. They have a full bar in there. They've got a TV if you're bouncing around on the weekend and you're afraid you might miss some action of some college football. Go in there. Say hello. Get a cocktail. Walk around. You'll feel good. Your significant other will be happy. You'll get the big one right. And then you can mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake. You'll get 10% off your jewelry purchase. You can scout them out as well. Head on over at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. See what they have going on. Go to SolomonBrothers.com. You know, do a little online shopping first, then go in there with a game plan. That's what we teach you here on Punt and Pass. Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds. Guaranteed, again, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Clemson lost once again, Jake. They dropped to Miami in double overtime. And Dabo, after the game... One, throws his quarterback under the bus, says he shouldn't have changed the play call, I believe, at the goal line. Uh, we were talking about this pre-show, but then a reporter asks him, hey, have you ever worked with a sports psychologist on your team? Do you guys have team sports psychologists? And Dabo, without skipping a beat, says into the microphone, oh, yeah, we've got him, and he might be on suicide watch right now. <laughs> now, I shouldn't laugh, but oh, that man. is something you cannot say. After losing your third ACC game through the first eight weeks of the season, after saying into the media, maybe we should lose more games because the bandwagon's been a little full and we don't need all these people on the Clemson bandwagon. I don't know what to think about Clemson, but it seems like the game of college football has just passed him by. He said, what? Can you repeat that? He said, what about the bandwagon? So last week, people were asking him about. Um, all of the fan feedback of their not so good start. And Dabo Sweeney legitimately said, and of course he's trying to be sarcastic, but yeah. sarcasm from a guy like Dabo probably doesn't come across so well at a podium. He said, maybe we should lose a few more games to get some people off the bandwagon because the bandwagon's been full for quite some time now. And people are like, don't say that when your season's <laughs> over. Like, 
Their season is done. They are two and three in the ACC. Yeah. They've got no chance of going to the ACC championship. They've got no chance of going to the college football playoff. Dabo Sweeney, knock, knock, who's there? I- I'm so confused as to what's happening right now at Clemson. I said this. I texted my buddy who played at Clemson, and I said, just looking at the guys on the field compared to some of the dudes that have come out of Clemson in recent years, I said, it looks like a young life youth group put together a football team out there. I mean, they used to have some absolute ballers all across the field. And now it's like, where is it? I I don't know. I just, I'm confused because Clemson was just at the top for so long. And now you blink and they're struggling. It's over. Yeah. No, I'm all in for the sense of humor. Uh, I I love a good joke. I love keeping it light, keeping everybody on their toes, but there's a time and a place for stuff. And that, that, just not the time and the place um, for that one, especially that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Clemson has had some absolute dudes come out of their program um, and it does look like they're missing, missing some guys, missing some guys in the trenches as well, man. Yeah, big time. Dudes on the defensive line uh, in years past and uh, skill positions, obviously, you know, quarterback, um, as well, uh, but you know, I mean, Kate, Kate's playing playing good, not great by any means, and but they're they're definitely a different Clemson that we're not used to seeing. And man, it's it's all it's all over in a blink of an eye, and it can happen quick. Um, so enjoy it while you got it. Speaking to Georgia fans, yeah, you think you know? Uh, well, hey, enjoy it, enjoy it while you got it, because in a blink of an eye, man, it, it it's gone. It's Let's just go over this real quick, okay? And obviously, it starts with two generational QBs starting for Clemson for seven, eight years, Deshaun Watson yeah. and then Trevor Lawrence. Like, you can get things cooking with those guys, especially in the ACC. But then let's go to the wide receiver position. DeAndre Hopkins, does that ring a bell? Hunter Renfro, Mike Williams, Justin Ross, Sammy Watkins, Pete mm. Higgins. Like, Ballers, okay? Now let's go to the defensive line. Shaq Lawson, Christian Williams, Isaiah Simmons, who was a linebacker, who was a top 10 draft pick. Now let's go to the quarterbacks who we mentioned, Deshaun, Trevor. Oh, what about a running back like Travis Etienne, who's scoring two touchdowns a week in the NFL? Grady Jarrett, yeah, I forgot. about. I mean, they had so many players all across both sides of the ball, in the trenches, skill positions, DBs, wide receivers. You look at it now, you're like, okay, Will Shipley will be a good NFL running back. Kate Klubnik, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's fascinating because you just related it to what could happen at Georgia. I don't think it will, but what could happen is that you could lose it in the blink of an eye and you're back to middling Two and three through eight weeks in the conference football, which nobody wants to go back to. That happened when I played at Georgia. We don't want to go back there. Yeah, it makes me think. I mean, you can miss on one recruiting class, but you can't miss on two in a row. No. You miss on two recruiting classes in a row, and you are fighting. fighting Big time. For games. Yeah. Big time. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Just announced week after this weekend. Doubleheader on CBS, number 16, Missouri, at number one, Georgia, 3.30 p.m., SEC on CBS, rolling you right into 
LSU at Alabama, 8 p.m. CBS doubleheader kicks off with Georgia hosting Missouri and then Alabama hosting LSU. That is on Saturday, November the 4th. Last thing, Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback, AC sprain in his shoulder. So looks like it could be Arch Manning time for Steve Sarkeesian. I forget who the other backup is at Texas, but Sark came out today, said both of those guys will get reps, and we'll find out who gets the keys moving forward until Ewers can come back. You ever had an AC spring? What's that like in your throwing? Dude, I actually have, man. I got one at uh, the tail end of my senior year of high school, and absolutely brutal, man. Really? Like somebody is stabbing you in the shoulder with a knife every time you go throw the ball does not feel great because you just you just know hey this is going to hurt now i didn't get any cortisone shot or anything like that um just popped a couple advil and said hey i'm, I'm gonna go play and let's go toughen this tough this thing out but um yeah, played You're great player. played great the first half and then and then went in the halftime chilled out a little bit got a little little tight dude second half could not pick my shoulder up oh brutal brutal I was looking like uh justin fields back there man catch the ball <laughs> look, looking to scramble yes yes <laughs> indeed how can, how can i run um, texas yeah. texas hosts byu this weekend steve sarkeesian today we're going to go through the week with malik murphy and arch manning both getting first team reps if the game was being played today malik would start the game so maybe protecting arch manning a little bit byu not a bad football team either, so no. we'll see what happens. Maybe the Arch Manning era begins in Texas. They're saying Quinn Ewers out probably, what would you say, two to four weeks maybe? Yeah, I'd say at least at least two, um, but just depending, depending on how how bad uh, he wants to kind of grind through it. I mean, you, I think you can play. It's just going to hurt, hurt like crap. Last thing, Michigan now favored over Georgia to win the college football playoff national championship. Michigan wow. plus 320. Georgia plus 325, first time this season. Georgia has not been favored to win the college football playoff. So interesting. Boy, we touched on it all. Thanks for the rapid fire fun there, Jake Fromm. You were on your toes, my friend. Almost. We did talk about the Tennessee Alabama game. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about that. Let's Tennessee. talk about that real quick. Absolutely. Dude, yeah. Tennessee in the like the first quarter, if they execute in the red zone and score the touchdowns instead of kick field goals dude they're up like that in the blink of an eye and alabama's down by 21 like wh what do you do like and then they they didn't convert refs kind of got in the way alabama came out in the second half and whipped their tail I, I mean i don't know what 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 do you got for me because i just that was tennessee's football game to win yes and to me they lost it well, thank you so much for correcting me and bringing this up before I let you go because we absolutely do need to talk about this game. I believe Alabama scored 27 unanswered points. It was 20 to 6 at halftime, I want to say. They ended up winning the game 34 to yeah. 27. 34 to 20 was the final score, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was yes. 20 to 7 at halftime. Yep, 20 to 7 at halftime. Red zone inefficiency. It seems like it's it's a theme right now going around in college football. And if you don't convert in the red zone, uh, you, you're not putting games away. Here is what I will say. Having a 13-point lead at halftime and then coming out in the second half and completely abandoning the run game 
is coaching malpractice. Shame on Josh Heupel. How on earth? And, and this is what Tennessee does best, run the football. If you watch the Texas A&M game, we all know Joe Milton's a little inconsistent. We all know that if he gets in trouble, he gets a little scatterbrained and he can't find the right read immediately. Tennessee can run the football with a 13-point lead at halftime on the road at Alabama, grind the game down, slow the game down, muck it up, try to keep the ball. Do not give Jalen Milrow in Alabama the opportunity to score, score, score 27 unanswered points. It was shocking to me how poorly managed the second half of the game was by Tennessee. And of course it gets exacerbated because they weren't able to convert in the red zone in the first half, which gave Alabama the opportunity to scratch and claw their way back. It was just one of those classic Alabama games where they said, if you're going to let us hang around for four, you won't be able to beat us. And that's exactly what happened. And it could have been 21 to zero in the first quarter. Dude, that is that is demoralizing. I know. I know it's unbelievable, really. It, it truly and, is unbelievable. And you, and you talk about running the ball, like Joe Milton. I mean, there's basically another running back. For him. I know he was their leading rusher. Um, I don't know, man. I you gotta you gotta win that one. You, you gotta, gotta win, win that, that one. one. Oh, I know, man. I, I mean, oh. absolutely. You've got to win that one. And again, just on the road. What are you thinking? How do you not come out of the second half and say? We're going to grind this thing down. Hopefully, you know, with six, four minutes left in the game, we're ahead and we have a chance to put this thing away. That is nuts, dude. That is nuts. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. It's a shame on Josh Heupel in Tennessee because by all accounts, in the first half, they played well enough to win that game. And in the second half, Nick Saban came out and said, let's go ahead and take care of some business and get out of here with the W. Outscored 27 to zero. They didn't score in the second half. And Tennessee second didn't half. score in the second half. So that you, is wild. You you could bring up officiating, but if you don't score a point in the second half, I I can't. I find it hard to side with you. Yeah, my my buddy Tony Morelli is a listener of Punt and Pass and a huge Tennessee fan. Like he was trying to chirp me about the refs. Like, dude, dude, no, 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 no. You guys aren't scoring points. Like I understand there's a call here, a call there. You got to get the ball in the end zone. Then we can have a discussion about the referees. And everybody knows how much I love to pile on refs. That was so, so bad in the second half by Tennessee. So now they moved to two and two in the SEC, five and two overall. Don't look now, but Jalen Milroe starting to find a little groove. Jace McClellan for Alabama, 27 carries, 115 yards. That was vintage Bama right there, man. Just squeezing long, the life out of the game in the second half. As long as their offensive line plays well, they're going to be a good football team. That's right. That is absolutely right. Well, thank you so much hey, man. for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate you making sure that I could get that in. Tennessee opened the second half with almost an 80% statistical probability of winning that football Yikes. game. And they did not win <laughs> that football game. Outscored 27 to nothing in the second half, losing to Alabama 34 to 20. All right, that'll do it for us. Um, be sure to follow us on social media at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. We're at puntandpass.com. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake Solomon Brothers is there for you whenever you need a big win on the home front. Head on over to Solomon Brothers. And if you mentioned punt and pass or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. They got two awesome locations for you to check out. One's in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other, 17th floor, Tower Place in Buckhead. 
They're online at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and the best in-store experience out there, Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Man, uh, I don't. It was a great weekend for uh, college football, and it's going to be a great one watching the cocktail party this yes, weekend. Sir. We will dive into that on Thursday. We appreciate you all turning in, and we will talk to you later on this week. See you. Be out. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to WadeFord.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at WadeFord.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.